Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise tonight. You ready for the Word of God? Come on, are you ready for the Word of God? You're a little bit intimidated about the sword. Eh? <laughs> I'll put that down, but it's not going back in there. <laughs> you got your Bibles with you tonight? I want you to turn to uh, John chapter 11. John chapter 11. John chapter 11. In verse 1, it says, Now there was a certain man. Everybody say a certain man. A certain man was sick. He was sick. Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. And it was that Mary, the same Mary that, that, that anointed the Lord with the fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, and whose brother was Lazarus, um, who was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to Jesus and said, saying, Lord, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. He whom you love is sick. And um, tonight we're going to talk about a story about a man getting raised from the dead. And uh, I saw this happen with my own eyes. And this is the message or part of a message that I preached uh, to that 30,000 people. And uh, so many people got saved. But here we have a story about a, a man that you know, many of you will be familiar with the story that for whatever reason he grew sick and a sickness got a hold of his body. And it, it just started off just a... Just a, a small thing, but it ended up growing and growing and growing and rapidly becoming a disease that would have taken over his body and eventually died. You can imagine what happened with, um, he was the brother of Mary and, and Martha, the one that anointed Jesus and, and whose story is told all over the world today. You would think such a woman of faith, such a woman who Jesus commended so greatly, uh, these things wouldn't happen to her. And they hoped their hopes on Jesus. They, they had their hopes that, 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 that Jesus would come and, uh, and heal the sick brother. There's a man that Jesus loved and, and a family that Jesus had, had, a, had a great amount of time with. And so this man, this friend of Jesus, a family friend, a personal family friend of Jesus, grew sick and died. Can you imagine a wonder for what it would have been like to be in that place where, where Jesus never showed up? You thought he would turn up in time. You thought that Jesus would turn up exactly when you need him, when it fitted with your thing, when you needed him here, and heal your brother. Can you imagine the disappointment where the things that you hoped for in Jesus never worked out as you thought that they would work out? See, friends, I've been in places where my, in my life where I, my, I have faith and hope in Jesus Christ, and it felt like where I was in a place where Everything I hoped or dreamed for, and I had my thoughts about how Jesus would, would turn up and, and how he'd work a situation out, and it never worked out that, like that at all. And I found myself in a place saying, Jesus, if only you, if only you'd done this, if only if you'd done that. So the thing is, the thing, friends, we don't see the whole picture all of the time. And it's very, very easy when we get in our, in our place of crisis or in our place of, of difficulty that all of a sudden that we only see part of the picture. So, but my Bible says that, that the ways of the Lord are higher than our ways, that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He sees a lot more than we do. And so Jesus decided that he would come. He says, now, our friend go, he says, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I may go that he may wake up. So in verse 17, it says that when Jesus came and he'd been in, he found he had been in the tomb for four days, now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. 
And many of the Jews had joined the woman around Mary and Martha to comfort them concerning their time of grief. We need friends and family around us in our time of pain and our time of, in our time of sadness. And it says in verse 20, everybody say, now Martha. Now Martha. Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. What an amazing turnaround. The last time we talked about Mary and Martha, it was Martha was out in the kitchen doing the, doing the housework, being busy in the house, and Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus said to Martha, 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 what's going on? Why don't you just come and have some time? But it's amazing how now that the, that the tables have turned. It wasn't, it wasn't Martha was the, that, was, that was in that place. She's in a different place now. In the time of, uh, the time of a miracle, when there was a time, when, when it came time where uh, Jesus was coming to, uh, for whatever they thought he was going to do, it was Martha was the one that went out. So something must have changed in Martha's life. You see here that Martha went out and met the Lord. Martha stood up in faith and went out and met Jesus. But Mary was sitting in the house. This is the one that broke the, the, the alabaster oil. This is the one that, that wept at the face of Jesus. And here she was now in a place sitting in the house. Very, very easy to get complacent. We can get into a place of, of worship and get caught up with that story. But how quickly can you slip into a place of spiritual unemployment just sitting there? Here we have that, that Martha was the one that got up. Martha was the one who was active in the house. She, one, had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And two, she was active in the house. She was active in the building and the maintenance of the house. And here we have, she is the one that is the first horse off the block. She is the one that was the first out to go and meet Jesus. And so she came here and she come out and says, and Martha said to Jesus, Jesus, if only you had been here, then my, my brother would not have died. This thing would have happened. But even now, I know whatever you ask of God, he will give to you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And then in verse 24, it says, and Martha said to him, I know. Everybody say, I know. We know a lot of things. <laughs> we live in a, an age of, of information right now. A lot of Christians know a lot of things. But there's a big difference between knowing and believing. A lot of people think they believe, but actually all they do is know. The devil knows a lot of things. We know a lot of things about moving in the spirit, about, about this and that and other things. But actually, knowing is one thing. Having faith is something else. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, not just knows about me, he who believes in me. Believe is not just a describing word. It is an action word. It's an action word. Everybody say, believe is an action word. <laughs> he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in this and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe in this? Do you believe in this? My question to you today is, uh, do you believe in this? That even though someone may die, that he may have life again. So the thing about it, I've discovered that in, a, in my own life is that you can say, first of all, Martha says, if only you'd been here then, then this would have happened. Many of us have faith for the past that, God, you moved in miracles and signs and wonders, that, God, you did great things through Bay City all these different years ago. If only you'd done that, if only you'd been here, then this wouldn't have happened. If only, if only, if only, if only. Very easy to get into a blame-shifting game and start to get into a place of faith in history. Many people here today, maybe you live in the past or 
or you have that reasoning in your mind. If only I was born a different color. If only I was born into a different family. If only I was this. If only I was that. If only, if only God, you had brought done. If only God, you had done that. And then Jesus said to her, "Your son will rise again." And then she goes, "Yeah, I know he's going to rise again in the last day." The other faith that so many people have is faith for the future. We all talk about that one day revival will come into our place. Revival that one day, they got it one day, one day, one day, one day. Many of us have faith for all these different things. And I dreamed about that one day that, that God would use me powerfully. But then that, day, that day never seemed to come. Many of us have faith for the past and faith for the future. But what Jesus was talking about, and what is the type of faith that raises people from the dead? What is the type of faith that will bring you before kings and queens? It is the faith for now. That even though that your circumstance may be different, even though your circumstance, your current place of living might look a bit difficult, you might be in a place of disappointment. You might be in a place where your dreams have lost. You might be in a place where it says, what? could possibly happen now. If only, God, you have done that. If only I was in that church or this church or had that mentor or this mentor or whatever. Unless you get out of that place, you've got to get into a place of, God, I believe in you now. I have faith in you now. Faith is an action word. It's not just information. Like I said, we know a lot of things. She, Martha knew a lot of things. But her knowledge never helped her for that particular time. It was her faith. Faith for now. My friends, if you're in a place where you are believing God for something, whatever your circumstance looks for, whatever your circumstance looks like, I encourage you, I challenge you to have faith for now. Before I left to go overseas, my faith was in an all-time low. I was questioning God, God, why this? I should have done that or should have done that. But I just determined inside of my heart that I'm going to have faith for now. When I step out, I'm going to believe that God's power is going to come upon my life. And as I stepped out in faith and not worrying about the circumstances or, or anything else, as I just stood up in faith and forgot about what I know, but just trusted and believed in Jesus Christ. That's when the miracles happen. That's when the miracles happen. So Jesus comes and he, he, he speaks this word over here. And then he goes, hey, take me to the place. Take me to the place where he is. So they followed him to the tomb, and they went there and cried. And in verse 32, it says, When Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she too fell down at his feet, saying, Lord, if you had been here, Lord, if you'd just done that, then my brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus was sad. He, was, he groaned in his spirit. He was upset. He was, this thing hurt him because he, Lazarus was a friend. And in verse 34, it says, Where have you laid him? So they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus cried. So when he sees our condition, when he sees the loss of a loved one, his heart is moved. Jesus is an emotional man. So Jesus wept. And some of them even doubted and said, Who is this man? Could he not even open up the eyes of the who opened up the eyes of the blind, kept this man from dying? So Jesus came to the groaning himself to the tomb, and it was a cave, and a stone lay against it. You see the pattern here. First of all, it starts off as a sick man. The sick man starts off with just a little bit of sickness as the sickness grows and takes over his whole body. And then eventually it came, uh, death takes over and he ends up in the tomb. See, friend, you may not be in a physical tomb right now, but the tomb speaks of a place of, of death. It speaks to a, a place of separation. It seemed, speaks of a place of sin. Many people today either 
you're in a cave of sin or you're on your way to a cave. See, where people should be standing in faith, where, where Mary should have been standing in faith and believing that Jesus Christ would come through, whatever the circumstances. She, she was at home sitting, stirring and eating her pot of sorrow. My question is, what is the sickness to you that has got a hold of your life today that is putting you or taking you to a place of, of, of a cave? So the cave speaks of a place of sin. And Jesus says, take away the stone. And then Martha said, hey, he's been dead for four days. He's going to stink heaps. <laughs> and then Jesus said to him, verse 40, did I not say to you that if you would just believe, you would see the glory of God? You would see it. You will see the glory of God. Then Jesus lifted up, his, and then they rolled away the stone. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and he prayed and, and, and prayed to the Lord. And, and then he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out, bound hands and feet with grave clothes. And Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. See, the thing is, we've got three issues we've got to deal with. One is the issue of the grave. One is the issue of the stone. And one is the issue of the grave clothes. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ. You've never invited him in to be your Lord and Savior. The Bible says that you are, we're all born into sin, that sin separates us from God. The cave is a place of separation. Maybe you're here today and you've been a Christian for a long time, but you're in a cave. Maybe your cave is not a physical cave of death or maybe you've been a Christian, but I know that there's people here tonight and you're in a cave of offense. Maybe there is people here tonight and, and you're in a cave of fear. Maybe there's some people here tonight and you're in a cave of unbelief. Well, you should be out. Where, what you're called to do is to be in relationship with one another and, and doing great and powerful things and, 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 and running your race. The first issue we're going to deal with is sin. The question is what sickness has got into your life that has either put you in a tomb or is taking you to a tomb. Tonight, you may have unresolved offenses. You may have habitual sin. You may have stuff that's inside of your life that you have not dealt with. If you let that thing stay, just like what happened with Lazarus, it is like a sickness that will eat away and eat away, and you'll find your place in a tomb. Just as the angry mob that destroyed all these Christians and burnt these houses down, it starts off just as a seed of hatred starts off just as a seed of offense. It starts off as a seed of judgment. But when it starts to grow, it will take you into a place of death. You may be here and you've never received Jesus Christ. You're in a place of separation from God. And the only one that can bring you into that place of connection again is Jesus Christ. You've got an unresolved hurt there. In order to deal with the hurt, Jesus said the first thing we've got to do is take away the stone. Take away the stone. That stone speaks of a covering that covers and hides our condition. What stones have you got over your life today? You know, you can sing all you like to the cows come home, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, nothing but the blood of Jesus. You can sing it 120 times, nothing will happen. Until you deal with the thing that is keeping you in that cave, until you decide to let truth come into your life. See, what happens is when you roll away the stone, you expose it for what it really is. 
You want to get free in your life, the first thing you've got to have is the Spirit of truth in our life. You want the Holy Spirit? He's the Spirit of truth. You want to get free? Holy Spirit will set you free, but you've got to come to a place where you, you roll away the stone and expose the stinky parts of your life to Jesus Christ. When Jesus called him out, he says, Lazarus, come forth. The Bible says that he who was bound came forth. He who was dead came forth. Tonight I believe that if you're in a place of offense, but also believing for victory, Jesus tonight is calling you, calling your name. He is calling you out tonight. If you're in a place where you, you've never received Jesus Christ, today he is calling you out. We all agree in principle that we'd like to see great and signs and miracles. We want to see our, our community one. It's not going to happen until we as Christians start to deal with the, the sin inside of our life, the, the, the judgments, the anger, the hatred. Tonight, we want a revival to come. We want His Spirit poured out upon our, fresh, our, our church right now. For that to happen, I believe in my heart that, one, we're going to deal with stuff of the past. We're going to deal with stuff right now. We're going to roll away the stone and show up for what it really is. <coughs> and Jesus called him out. The Bible says that he came out bound in hand and foot with grave clothes. One, deal with the sin. Two, roll away the cover that we use to cover our sin. And three, get rid of the attachments that are holding you to that place of, of, of sin. Many times that Jesus, for many people, Jesus calls us out of a place of um, separation, out of a place of death, but we still keep attached to the grave clothes. Still got old habits, still got old things that we're dealing with. See, the Bible says this. In, verse, in, 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 uh, in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Let us, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off every entanglement that comes around our life and run the race that God has set before us. Can I just have that photo of the two, the two kids back up there, please? What is it that's around your life tonight that needs to be broken off? What is it? in your life that you need, that God is calling you out from tonight? Is it a place of complete separation from God? Maybe you're covering your life with stuff and you need to deal with some things, but you're believing for God to, to do incredible miracles through your life. Bible says, like I said in Hebrews chapter 12, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Look at these two kids up here right now. You know, they were happy kids and you just learned to read the Bible in English and used to dance and sing. Both these kids, six and five, eight and five, eight and five years old have now run their race. Who are these witnesses? There's two of them right now looking you in the eye. What cost them their life was what started off as a seed of hatred, what started off as a seed of anger, and grew and grew and grew until violence, the, the fires of violence overcame them. Where they're standing now is in heaven. Think about that great cloud of witnesses. Right now, they've just 
join that great cloud of witnesses only a month ago. And here they are, both in heaven and on the base of the AV screen, now looking into your life, looking at the race that God has got planned for your life. They can see the things that you struggle with. For some of you, if you don't know Jesus Christ today, those witnesses are still looking at you saying, hey, come on, receive Jesus. Don't let your life be lived in vain. For some of you here tonight, maybe you're holding on to issues of the past. Maybe you're holding on to offenses. Maybe you're holding on to pain or hurt or fear or whatever it is. Since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let's throw off those things. Let's get rid of those things. Let's get rid of those offenses. Let's get rid of those judgments. Let's get rid of that habitual sin. Let's get rid of that junk that gets around our life. And let's run the race that God has set before us. Friends, there is a race that God has set before you tonight. There's a race set before me. Man, I am running that race right now. The biggest question is, is what will you do? What will you do? What will you do? Tonight, God is calling you out. Every day we get faced with a choice. Why don't you just close your eyes and bow your heads right now? surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. What's that sickness that's got a hold of your soul that's taken you to a place of death? Just with your imagination, just picture those two girls, that girl and that guy part of a great cloud of witnesses right now, this very moment, looking into your soul, looking into your life, watching how you run your race.